Welcome to the Covenant Podcast. The Covenant Podcast exists to equip listeners with theological content from a 1689 Baptist perspective. We're on the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. And in this conversation, we're going to be discussing one of the signatories of the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith. And more specifically, the scope of this conversation is the Benjamin Teach Project with Dr. Matthew Stanton. Uh, Dr. Stanton, thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's a blessing to have this opportunity to talk with you. Uh, we're all geographically spaced very far from one another right now uh, in various parts of North America. I believe you're joining us from Canada. Dewey's joining us from the West Coast, and I'm in uh, somewhere, wherever you call it, the Midwest slash the South. I think there's debates about exactly where I'm at. But um, it's it's good that we can come together and have this talk together uh, on this online platform. And we're going to be talking about, as I said, the Benjamin Keach Project, which you are uh, very much involved in. I'm very happy to have volume one of the works of Benjamin Keach published by Particular Baptist Heritage Books. We're going to be talking a little bit about your involvement with this volume uh, in this conversation. But before we begin to talk about who Keach was, what you're trying to do with the Benjamin Keach Project, and this book. Uh, can you spend some time introducing yourself to our audience, brother? Yeah, thank you. Um, so um, I am a local pastor right now, currently serving in Ontario. So I'm about an hour, hour and a half north of Toronto, give you a sense of where that is. And um, I've been serving as a pastor for the last uh, three years, and that's, that's kind of where... Um, my interest in this project began because I was uh, in school, did my undergrad and master's and then PhD over in Ireland. Right as the pandemic hit, I, I was actually the last student to get their Viva in before the school really shut down in March 2020. Um, and so the, the trajectory for where to go next became a little uncertain, as you would imagine. And then uh, thankfully, I got, a, I got a call to a local church uh, here in uh, Ontario. And um, so that's, that's where I am right now, um, serving in that, that context. And then that affords me wanting to keep, obviously, uh, a foot in the academic door, if you will, affords me the opportunity to investigate and, and study more on, on Keech. Well, Dr. Stanton, we are so excited to have you on the show today. I think it goes without saying that uh, given your involvement in a Benjamin Keach republication project, uh, you have a special interest in Keach, as do we as uh, Reformed Baptists and as those who have uh, even discussed Keach and written about Keach in our own uh, individual endeavors. So um, I'm excited about today's show. And I think that as we look to get into the weeds about the Benjamin Keach project, Maybe we can first whet our listeners' appetite a bit about how you first came to learn about Keach and maybe what drew you to invest such careful effort and attention to the life and ministry of Keach. I think that would be helpful to, to start as we look to get into these discussions uh, on the Keach Republication Project. Yes, I um, I first became interested in Keach when, uh, well, I've always had a, a passion for music and church music songs of the church and when i was in um when i was in seminary i was looking at um this this idea of hymnody 
and on why the church started singing hymns, kind of looking at New Testament hymns, and then obviously the use of the Psalter, but um, kind of writing songs and thinking about songs. I wanted to, to investigate more about the hymns of the church and specifically the, the, the Baptist heritage uh, and uh, the hymnal that, that we would have um, uh, in the uh, rising movement and denomination of the 17th and 18th century. And so that took me uh, right to Keech. I remember actually it was pretty uh, vividly the, the moment when I was asking one of my professors uh, at the school, you know, I, I'm interested in this, this idea of hymnology and I know Watts is the father of hymnody, but, you know, he's not a Baptist. So where can we go back to? And the prof said, well, there's not a, a lot done. Um, this is maybe uh, 10 years ago. Uh, there's not a lot done on this guy, Keech, but there certainly is enough done to know that he is worth uh, looking into and discovering um, uh, more about what he thought and believed, what he practiced. Uh, and so I started uh, started thinking a lot about what a study on Keech would look like. Uh, and this was still when I was uh, doing my master's, so I didn't really put uh, a lot into it, more, more around surrounding issues within 17th century uh, descent in the, the England world. Um, but then as soon as I was nearing the end of that journey, uh, I said, well, this is an opportunity. I can really dig deep into it. Um, so I thought I should do some doctoral work specifically on, on Keech and some great work had been done um, by the likes of Jonathan Arnold and D.B. Riker. And I thought I could uh, lend a voice into that, focusing specifically on his hymnody. And um, so again, went back to that same professor asked him where I should do that because um, he, he taught adjunct at or teaches adjunct at Southern, Dr. Michael Haken. Um, so I was kind of expecting the come down with me, let's go. Um, but he actually had a, an interesting response, which is which was just to say, if you're going to study the English Baptist, A, you have to be over there and, and B, you want to go go to somebody like a, a Crawford Gribben, uh, who is an expert in that field. And so I looked up where Crawford was uh, teaching at the time, and that was Queen's University in Belfast, which is Northern Ireland, not technically England, but the UK, Northern Ireland is a part of the UK. And uh, so got in touch with him. And uh, at first, when I applied, it was just to see how I would be rejected to say, you know, oh, you need to get a second master's or you need to have some published articles. <laughs> so that's why I originally applied because I was only 20 two at the time and um they said no no that's okay let's start the project right away so we moved over my wife and i just got married came back from our honeymoon and there was a letter in the mail with the acceptance letter so we packed everything up we just unpacked actually we didn't even unpack all of our wedding gifts it was uh, <laughs> just throw it in storage and moved over to our northern ireland uh to begin with crawford and then crawford really distilled uh in me this passion for keach these English Baptists trying to figure out who they were themselves as an emerging denomination. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of my intro and then real start to the journey with, with Keech. That's really helpful, brother. Uh, thank you again for coming on and for giving us your uh, intro into Benjamin Keech. And I'm sure you would be quite sad if we had you on and we just uh, had a whole conversation of you telling us about why you like Keech without actually getting to talk about Benjamin Keech. So I'll give you an opportunity now with this next question 
to give a biographical sketch of Benjamin Keach. We've had some previous uh, biographical episodes on Benjamin Keach before, uh, but we always love to discuss his life and theology. So uh, maybe our listeners haven't caught uh, that previous episode. It was at least a couple years ago where we did one entirely on his his life. So can you, brother, uh, talk a little bit about Benjamin Keach, whom you admire? Yeah, and I should start off by saying there is a great um, biographical sketch of Keach in that first volume you were just holding up, um, probably by one of the best um, Keach um, biography uh, writers, uh, Austin Walker, who has a a full novel-length biography of Keach, actually in a second edition now. And Austin contributed in this first volume. Um, I serve as the general editor for it. We'll talk about that later. Um, so Austin contributed that first section, and it's, it's about 100 pages, I'd say. It's, it's a fairly lengthy, in, in-depth, detailed biography of Keech's life. Um, but if I were to summarize it, I would say um, Keech accomplished uh, a lot in his, in his life that we um, are still getting to read through. Part of going through this published works is just seeing the level of detail and theology and understanding that he had. Um, he wasn't a, a high church, uh, well-educated um, minister, uh, unlike his Puritan brothers that uh, got to go to school and learn languages. Uh, Keach, you know, came from a, a poor family. He was a tailor by trade, so he didn't have that exposure. Uh, and yet he was so intent on his studies of the scripture and surrounding himself by um, brilliant men that he was uh, brought along the way in the journey and and quickly learned and was able to communicate theology um, quite at the level of his peers, of the Nulls, of the Kiffins, to be able to help in the establishment of this Baptistic movement in the late 17th century. Um, The three words I like to use to Um, summarize Keech, if you will, um, is minister. Uh, He was he was first and foremost a pastor. That was his calling. That's what he was uh, devoting his life to. So minister, um, second theologian, he wrote uh, extensively over 45 works that we have still and they're obviously coming out in these these volumes. Um, So he's a minister, he was a theologian and then a controversialist for sure. Uh, again, the third category, because that wasn't his main aim in life, but it was his his um, not willing to back down from from any debates. Like he went against Baxter um, and baptism, uh, Sabbatarianism. He had other debates. He, he kept uh, inserting himself into these debates and discussions. Um, so I wouldn't say that was his desire, but he was certainly principled in his understanding of the scripture that he would enter in into those discussions. So I have a, a little website, a journal called the Benjamin Keach Journal. Um, just on, it's an online journal and database, and that's that's kind of the tagline for it: minister, theologian, and controversialist. Those are the three main headings for him. Um, which again, paint a picture of a devoted pastor, which he certainly was, um, up in Winslow, and then down again when he moved to London in '68 in Southwark. Um, just it's on the South Bank, if you can picture London, the listeners picturing London. Um, 
and and theologian writing these substantial works. Uh, I have thought about republishing all of the English Baptist works uh, simply because having completed Keech, which will take us probably four or five years, but once you complete Keech to, to tackle the other ones, the signatories of, of 1689, uh, you could probably do that in a weekend compared to the amount of work he produced. Um, so a theologian by nature, I mean, he's writing sermons every week. He's writing primers, children's instructions books. He's writing um, treatises in response to uh, different movements and debates that are going uh, going around. Uh, and, and then he's writing these, these some of them are, are massive. One of his biggest ones, Tropologia or Tropologia, is a um, uh, kind of a systematic theology of the uh, of Christology and, and images of Christ in the scripture uh, and it's over a million words long in four parts like the one of the biggest books that was published in the 1680s um, 70s 80s uh, is this work and so he's just writing everything he can down and that makes him a the he a theologian with a lasting impact because we have records of what he left and thankfully they've been preserved so that we can reproduce these works. Um, the last thing I'll say about Keech though, just in terms of his character, his life uh, in a little sketch here, uh, would be to say that just as, just as Baptists have always existed in association, um, certainly for the local autonomy of the church, but always existing in association, not a bunch of wild renegades as they've been painted by many scholars, just as they existed in association, Keech always existed with a, a tight-knit, close group of friends uh, and a friend group that allowed him to learn and grow. And even when that group, even when there was tensions, and we'll talk about this uh, later between like Kiffin and Keech, even when there was tension, their, their friendships and the associations he kept um, persisted and, and endured. Uh, because he put such a high value on the unity of the church, uh, both locally in his own congregation and then the unity of his Christian brothers. So that when, when he would go to the assemblies, he was always going out of uh, a love for his co-laborers in Christ, um, which he held right, in, right until his death in 1704. That's a very helpful overview of Keech, and also uh, we also appreciate the insights that you shared about your personal experiences in studying Keech. I hope our listeners were um, encouraged by that description. And let's now transition into talking about your desires to get the works of Keech into publication. So um, maybe for the for the benefit of our listeners and, and for just the clarity even of, of my own interest in this project. Would you be willing to discuss your roles and responsibilities that you're taking on to get the works of Keech into uh, publication and maybe a little bit about how uh, PBHB is involved with those efforts? Yeah, absolutely. And they, they've been a, a real blessing in this, so I'll, I'll make sure I get to them. Uh, but before I do, the the project itself came about, I, I mentioned I have that website where I just throw stuff on, and that, that was primarily because when you're doing your doctoral research, you you're taking in a whole bunch of stuff, and then I help, um, or it helps me to know that I I've understood it if I can write it out and communicate it um, in written form. Uh, but obviously, when you're doing research, you can't 
uh, include everything you're taking in. You have to really filter through everything and you may learn a million things, but can only give in your dissertation a hundred things. So all these extra things I, I didn't know where to put. And so one of the things Crawford advised was to put them in a journal, uh, like an online database so that you wouldn't lose them. Uh, but you certainly wouldn't use them, um, for that project. So I, I'd already started thinking back in the 2015s, 2017s about, um, going through all of Keech's works and uh, collecting them so that they were easily accessible. Uh, but I soon found out that there is a great deal of paywalls and structural issues in, in getting to Keech's works. Um, I was able to have those because I was giving Queens $100,000 to get a PhD. And so the, I got access to them, but that access was limited and temporary. Um, and so trying to think of how I can get the works out to the, the general reader, the layman, so that they can read through Keech's works as well. And that's when I started looking at uh, the Banner, uh, PBHB, um, Palgrave, Macmillan as well, all, all these uh, publishers that have uh, reprinted series, basically transcriptions of the original. And I thought that might be a really helpful way to do it, but never with the intent of of actually sitting down to do it. I just thought it was a great idea. It, it wasn't until uh, my wife and I relocated back to, to Canada here and there was a member in our church. And uh, it, it's actually a great story because he, he and his first and his family were the first uh, family that came into the church when I started to become members. And part of my role at the church um, was uh, membership. And so I was going through the membership classes with him and his family, started talking about Keech, and it turned out he had a massive interest in that type of transcription work and learning and historiographies. And uh, so we started chatting about what a, a Keech uh, work project would look like um, because he has a natural uh, inclination towards those sort of details going line by line, looking at an image uh, and then OCR and working with uh, the actual document. Uh, and so Ian and I began to uh, sit down and really think through how we could go about doing this because um, we wanted we wanted the project to be kind of twofold. One would be a full transcription, that line by line, everything Keach said we wanted, um, and not just in the first edition, but in later editions, having access to those to be able to, to show how he edited and changed works just to really capture everything he was um, putting down. And that's where Ian came in because Ian could, could go through it and he had the technology to take these images, um, that, uh, that I had gotten when I was, you know, back in the stacks, as they say, in the archives, he was able to take those images and then work with his computer and do some sort of mumbo jumbo, uh, to then shoot me back a word document. So I thought, Oh, this is great. That's excellent. So that allowed for the second part of the, the twofold approach which was, which was uh, uh, annotations to provide essentially footnotes so that as the reader is reading through the text, there's um, biographical, historiographical, just uh, historiographies that allow the reader to understand what Keech is trying to say. Not just because the English is much different, it's 400 years old, but also the references he's making are they would just be unknown to the to the reader. So with Ian taking the first part and doing the transcription, uh, I've been able now to focus on the second part, 
uh, when he sends them to me to go through them to provide the footnotes and annotations so that the reader can follow with with uh, ease. Uh, the goal was always um, to make it uh, easily uh, readable and understandable. So reading it, obviously, changing some of the the old English language so that you could read it and then understandable in the footnotes to be able to, to go step by step. When we finally had that idea together and we knew we wanted to uh, start publishing out in a series of volumes because Keach wrote so extensively, we found a couple of publishers. We actually had two other, um, we had two other contracts before we went to PBHB. Uh, the first was with a, uh, more local Canadian press, which were um, uh, a great great group of guys at that one that that would have been helpful. Um, uh, and another group um, in the UK, a publisher in the UK. But um, ultimately, we ended up landing with PBHB because of their um, their vision behind the project aligning so closely with ours, um, because they they want to see the works out in completion. One of the things we had with the, the UK publisher, for example, was um, they reserved the right to, to kind of cut the production. You know, you get to volume three and then, you know, oh, it's it's not selling well or something and just kind of cut it. Um, whereas PBHB is very generously, you know, whatever volumes are submitted, they'll be they'll be published and put out. And, and we align with that vision using it as uh, a training tool for pastors, uh, for scholars, for theologians. Um, and so to do that, they wanted to, to print it in a very readable form and on, you know, uh, good paper, nice weighted and making it really clear and just a, an enjoyable experience to go through these old uh, writings of Keech. And so when all those things came together, we uh, knew for sure that we wanted to go with PBHB. So we sat down with Doug um at the at the press and work through how we could make it happen in a bit of a timeline for where we want to be and and um it's been a great relationship i can already say ian's on uh volume five in terms of getting these things put out so it's a very smooth process and we're, we're thankful for for pbhb and helping us bring out these keech's work so that everybody has access to them mm. amen well, we're thankful that you brothers are doing this great work and getting this uh, resourcement uh, project done and that people will be able to read it and benefit from the writings of this important thinker from the 17th century. How do you think churches, though, uh, that will have members who read these volumes, how do you think individuals and churches can be benefited if they have the works of Benjamin Keach available to them in a more accessible way? Yeah, a couple things I would say to that. First, um, Keach provides a space for dialogue, <laughs> given his own uh, character and his own propensities for theological discussion. Keach provides a space for congregants to discuss what what they believe. Keach was a practical theologian. So he was about taking the scripture and communicating it in a way that isn't, wasn't just head knowledge, but it was, it was a heart knowledge for how to live out what um, he believed, but then also what he was, was preaching, what he was teaching through his works and sermons. Um, and so the first thing that I would say a reader, the, the lay person in the church that grabs Keach 
will will pick up is that there's an opportunity to discuss issues in which you differ. And, and remember, Keach differed um, extensively at, at times with even his most closely associated brothers. And again, because this is an era when Baptists are emerging as a denomination, um, particularly pre-1689 and 77, they're, they're still figuring out, processing through what they believe, what their articles of faith are, how they live those out. And so Keech's voice was one of question, uh, one of um, inquisitive um, nature. And so the reader, I think, when you when you start going through um, what Keech is saying, you begin to capture or, or understand his tone, which is a, a serious and a, um, a genuine curiosity with the word of God. Um, he, he wasn't um, certainly looking at himself as an authority head to say, this is what um, I believe, therefore the Baptist movement believes. Um, but but he, was, he was reading and then writing as if the, the doctrine he's dealing with is being fleshed out before him. Which means sometimes it's not as clear as you would like. It's not like a one page, this is what the doctrine of justification is. Um, but he'll have, say, 100 pages on that. And as you go through it, as you hear him fleshing it out, you as the reader are beginning to realize that there's there's uh, many elements or implications of this theological doctrine that I may not have even thought about. I just thought, oh, it means, um, uh, you know, a penal substitutionary atonement. Okay, I got that. Let's move on. But Keech actually breaks that down layer uh by layer, level by level, so that you begin to think about, well, if Christ died for for the elect, if Christ died for the elect, then how now do I witness to my neighbor? What if they're not elect? Does this mean I should stop witnessing because, you know, Keach, did he think he had to go to his neighbors? And, and he did. Uh, spoiler alert. But I think that reading through Keach helped you realize that once you're thinking through theology, you have to start applying it um, in your life, and you you pick that up through through his writings. I, I think fairly easily because you can hear him struggling through it, hear him fleshing it out, and that's things that we need to do today. And sometimes I think the North American Church maybe doesn't doesn't want to. They want that kind of uh, like our culture has that instant spoon fed thirty second TikTok. Like just tell me I can move on and go. And, and Keech is there to show the struggle that um, life theology is is about living, uh, understanding, believing, and then living. And I think Keech helps you do that. Uh, a couple of the ways I'll, I'll be be more brief. A couple of the ways that I think the these works will be helpful is to provide um, a voice for the early Baptists because Keech was such a um, central figure in his coming on to the scene at the exact right time, if you will, moving from a general uh, limited atonement to a, a particular uh, Baptist. He came on the scene right when um, a lot of things are getting flushed out. So he had a front row seat. So if you want to look for an early Baptistic voice, uh, particularly along the lines of theology, going to Keech is actually the perfect place to start because he's given you a springboard into these discussions and these debates through his treatises. Uh, and certainly his sermons as well. Uh, and so starting with Keech is, um, I would argue, very helpful for the 
Baptist, Reformed, uh, early-minded uh, of us today to look back to. And, and given that his works aren't easily accessible, having this series gives you that platform to launch into. And then thirdly, uh, really brief, but also really specifically, I think this is going to, this project is going to be really helpful for parents. Keach was uh, an expert in catechizing children, and he wrote a number of primers and communication tools for parents to uh, teach their kids. Obviously, we have the Baptist catechism or Keech's catechism and his relationship with that. that that's for adults. He wrote uh, a number of children's catechisms. And there's one particularly he writes in 1700 in which it's a conversation of a father with his three sons. And one son is five-year-old, one son's 10-year-old, and one son's 15-year-old. And the father is communicating this theology to each of these boys at the different stages or, or levels of understanding that they have. And that, in in that sense, you 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 get Keach as this communicator of faith to whoever the audience is. And so when he takes on the role of father and his many kids, uh, you you start to see that parents need to uh, catechize their kids in in helpful ways, uh, rather than jumping in deep. He helps break down the theology, which if if you can't do as a parent, then you need some information. You need some help and resource to help you teach your kids. And so really practically, I think parents are going to enjoy reading through how Keach communicates uh, theology to their children. Amen. Now, it's really special when uh, some of our heroes of the past had a not just a rich theological mind, uh, but they were pastorally concerned for the welfare and for the building up of uh, those whom Christ shed his blood and, and the members of the congregation of whom they pastored, which we see in Benjamin Keach. So Dr. Stanton, thank you for shedding those light uh, or shedding light on those realities. Thank you for um, all of your efforts with the Benjamin Keach project and your, your scholarship that you've devoted to this figure. Um, as we seek to wrap up our, our conversation today, do you have anything else that you'd like to share regarding the project as a whole or anything regarding Benjamin Keach that you think would be edifying for our listeners uh, as we wrap up uh, this particular episode? Yeah, I would uh, I would certainly encourage you to uh, reach out to PBHB um, to get your hands on on Keach. And they have a number of other works that they 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 put out as well and and start digging in. It's a daunting task, certainly. Oh, well, writing it certainly is, but reading it as well can be a daunting task to have to to uh, tackle volume by volume. Um, but but I find once you once you get into it, particularly Keach, and you start to hear his voice, um, then then it's really enjoyable. And what you gain from it, and again, these ideas, these almost dialogues he's having with himself as he's expressing these theological truths. Um, are a, a real joy in your own faith and your own devotional life that, that build you up um, because you're you're reading um, this past um, understanding of theology that reflects our present reality and just like the authority of scripture and the reality of the word of God that stands true today you see these writings um, certainly not inerrant or <laughs> fallible by any means uh, but you see how the, the consistency of what Keech is saying with what uh, Baptists believe today even uh, holds true. And there's such a rich heritage and history uh, of our faith that um, 
would I would encourage folks to to grab a hold of and Keech is a great place to start with with understanding and with enjoying that that beautiful tradition we have over the last 400 years and with understanding it's been a pleasure and a privilege getting to talk with you today about this exciting project that's in the works we wish you nothing but the best with your forthcoming studies and your forthcoming efforts to make Benjamin Keach more accessible and we're grateful for you taking the time to chat with us today on the Covenant Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I appreciate both your times. Bless you. Yes, sir. And to our listeners, we want to thank you for your continued support of the Covenant Podcast. Until next time, we wish you grace and peace. God bless.